Welcome to Guild Wars. We are a podcast dedicated to unearthing the deep lore of Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2. I'm Joe Neustel, and between myself and my co-host Tony, we have over 20 years of experience playing the Guild Wars franchise and somehow managed to know very little about the games. So, here it is, without further ado, Tyria's sweetheart and one of my favorite people on this planet, Tony Melchor. Thanks for joining me today, Mr. Melchor. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing good, doing good. Hello, everyone listening. Thank you for joining me on our adventure to dig deep and find the lost nuggets of knowledge <laughs> hidden throughout the games. The lost nuggies. Hidden throughout the games, hidden throughout three novels. It's ridiculous. All right, so t- uh, this is our first episode, so give me a little bit of back background. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you like to do in the game. Sure. Uh, I mainly, currently, just a big focus of mine is raiding, I'd say. I find it very fun. Um, and PvP. PvP ranked, usually. Just to get uh, my legendary stuff going on with the ascended charts. Um, I'm not very good, but I like to get my league chests whenever I can. Oh, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Dominantly, I I am a PvP player. I do. You will find me occasionally in um, meta events, but usually, um, probably like running around a town bothering people. I like to to find people without mastery points and bother them and ask them if they're liking the game so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, harassing new players. Harassing new players. I'm an ambassador to the game. <laughs> Join us. It's great fun. But don't sell yourself short, man. You're no slouch at PvP. You carry me nearly to platinum this season. So, I hope you're ready, Tony. Mm -hmm. I hope you're ready for this lore today. It's very aggressive. yeah. It's a lot of war lore going on. War lore. Join us as we take a deep dive into the lore of the Char. Oh my god, the kitties. So, yeah, let's start by talking about what we know. Tony, what is a char? It's a big, ferocious kitty. Fearless. Fearless. Fearless kitty cats. (laughs) And what do they do? Uh, Bite. They do stuff. They do things. I think they like uh, spending time on the beach, you know, surfing. (laughs) Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Those claws are no good for cooking. (laughs) Those are fighting claws. Those are fighting claws. So the char originate east of the Blaze Ridge Mountains. And for those of you that don't know, the Blaze Ridge Mountains are sort of in the northeastern part of the map there. Uh, the Corteria map. And yeah, it's a mountain range. They originated somewhere off of the map, I'm assuming. Okay. That we uh, currently have. They were a largely primitive and disorganized race focused on fighting off any threats and struggling for dominion with their with other war bands. Hmm. So when the humans came to Tyria and settled Ascalon in 100 BE, the Char were already a force in the region. For Just for the record, going forward, there are three timelines in Guild Wars. We will be sticking with the AE, uh, BE and AE. Currently in the game, it is 1334 AE. That would be after Exodus. BE being before Exodus. 
Mm-hmm. It's confusing. I might say it a few more times. <laughs> um, if you don't get it, it really doesn't matter. But in to the duty of being thorough, I want to get the dates in here. Okay, okay. Yes. After downright whomping from the humans, the Char were pushed out of the area of Ascalon, and a human king- kingdom was established. Got chased out of their homes. Yep, and that's that's everyone loves that. You know, that's definitely not going to uh, sow the seeds of hatred uh-huh. or anything like that. No, definitely not. Definitely Resentment? not. Resentment? No. No, it's fine. <laughs> Just take that entire uh, kingdom. Here, take my it's house. A, it's all you. Take my resources. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah, they got their butts hand, handed to them, but then a hero arose among their ranks. Nobody knows their original name, but they donned the title of Khan Ur, or the Primus Imperator, which sounds pretty freaking badass. Mm-hmm. Very. Uh, apparently, they thought so too, because uh, nobody ever wrote their their true name down. They just thought Connor was much better. But I think huh. that their name was probably just just Connor. Connor. <laughs> Beat me to the punch. You reading the show notes over there? Uh, No. No. Ah, yes. So Connor, trying to spice their name up with a a real fancy K, and there's a dash in the middle of it. How do I make my name better? Connor. Hyphenate that. Hyphenate it. Connor? Con-or. Con-or. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Much better. I fight better knowing that my name is cool. <laughs> call me the Primus Imperator. Don't call me Connor if you didn't know me then. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> All right. So the Char Empire was forged under Connor. In the early days of the Char Empire, they basically dominated everything north of Ascalon. The dwarves and the forgotten, who everybody has probably forgotten about... I've forgotten, that's for sure. ...were the only forces that stood a chance against them uh but yeah pretty much everybody else either bent to their will or was slaughtered oh damn okay the dwarves probably had a pretty good advantage because they live underground yeah and i don't think that's natural for cats i don't think so i'm not sure are there any cats that live underground actually i think there's one yeah i think i saw something about this small deadliest catch or cat that has like a 60 percent like catch rate in africa or something and they burrow underneath and they're like small almost kitten size like and they're the deadliest cat they're like a fifth like a five month old kitten size yeah wow yeah and they like can walk like 20 miles or something it's it's ridiculous but they're apparently the deadliest cat because their success rate's really high well consider me terrified (laughs) But Char are much, much larger than that. Oh, yes. And probably not very good at burrowing. Definitely not. The Forgotten had some other stuff going on. We we might talk about them in some shows later down the line. We probably will. It's almost unavoidable. Uh, especially now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they have some strange magic. They're sort of the uh, the ones getting the world ready for the humans to arrive sort of there's a weird thing going on with the forgotten 
but they have strong magic. Okay. But aside from those two, things were going pretty good for the Char, and they decided to retaliate against the humans. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on with the humans at this point, too. They got magic. They kind of, like, messed themselves up with it, and they're feeling pretty weak. So the Char are deciding it's a pretty good time to strike back, and then it isn't, because <laughs> our boy Connor. Oh, Connor. Connor the Primus Imperator is assassinated. Oh, no. The Char Empire falls into disarray, and another cycle of internal conflict strikes up again. And this is where we see the first startings of the le- High Legions that we know today in the mm. game. The High Legions are as follows. Iron, Ash, Blood, and Flame. They all have their own independent identities, leadership, goals, and I wrote down a little shorthand picture. It's it's like a little little play here. Huh. Okay, imagine your friend group. <laughs> You've got the Iron Legion, and basically this is like a muscle car dad who used to be really crazy and maybe do a lot of drugs like <laughs> in, in their prime, but now they just spend their days bumping the classic rock station in their garage working on a car that never seems to get done. Uh-huh. Thinking mm-hmm. about the good old days? Yeah. They're working on that uh, 1973 uh, Dodge Challenger <laughs> <laughs> playing, playing Metallica or ACDC or something. The Ash Legion, well, I guess I should say the Iron Legion just has a, a bunch of like equipment in the game. They have like tanks and sort of like fantasy style machinery. Hmm. Uh, the Ash Legion, though, those are your friends. Say you're going out for a drink with with the, with the pals, the boys. Yep, the boys, the going people, the, boys. the folks, the crew, going out. Um, but they're the person that has the reputation of kind of ghosting you for some reason that you never know. Huh? You're like you go to order the second round of drinks and you get back and then there's just an extra an empty chair at the table and nobody knows why Ash is gone. Are they Irish? Um. I don't know. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, in game, practically, they're just like um, kind of they handle the subterfuge. They're sneaky. They always have sort of like a um, like a plot going on, maybe like intel, reconnaissance, things like that. Interesting. Okay. Blood Legion. Those are the cats that are just spoiling for a good scrap. (laughs) Uh, They're the friends that you wish followed Ash Legion's footsteps. <laughs> but instead, they're standing there at last call with two drinks in their hands. <laughs> pushing about, pushing somebody at the bar and the bouncer's coming up telling them to... You gotta go, bud. <laughs> you gotta go. And they're yelling at the bouncer. And you're like, oh no, it's just getting worse. It's worse and worse. <laughs> so they're just um, sort of a militant war band. Or legion. A militant legion. Then... Finally, you have the Flame Legion. Mm. These are your mystic friends who start out reading tarot cards, but then they get in too deep, and they slip into some d- demonic cult shit, and they're uh, and next thing you know, they're missing, sacrificed oh to God. the Dark Lord. There's sheep everywhere. Mm-hmm. Basically, the Flame Legion are the mystics in-game, and they're... Essentially, well, they're willing to make bargains for power. 
with mm. with higher beings. So now the Char are getting pretty irritated at those damn humans to the south, and they've got all the, the humans have all this fancy pants magic that's definitely not watering the seeds of hatred. Definitely not. The gods favor the humans, give them a bunch of powers. Those gods. And it's at this point that the Flame Legion go on a walk. They go on a walk to find some gods of their own. It sounds pretty good. Not really. They go to Fireheart Rise to a mountain called Rangmar. 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 Silent H. Rangmar. 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 <laughs> That's currently the Citadel of Flames. It's a dungeon that you can go and run through. It's in the core game. I think it's level 55. It's a high, yeah. It's like a mid-range one, yeah. It's been a while. Well, they go there, and they meet the Titans. Or as metal as it gets. The Titans. It's not really relevant to what we're talking about today, but I wanted to say that the Titans in lore are demonic creatures created in the foundry of failed creations by twisting tormented souls by the fallen god Abaddon. And you can basically arrange those words in any any order you want, write it in poor calligraphy, and you've got a metal band t-shirt. For real. <laughs> For real. The foundry of failed soul create god uh, uh, It's too much. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a big string of words for a mess of a thing. That is a big bite of fantasy alphabet soup. <laughs> a really bad alphabet soup. Mm. Evil. Oh, the Titans are like, this is great. Uh, we want to influence you. That's great. We'll give you some fire magic. We want some followers. Yeah, it sounds great. For the band. It's not like Instagram, though. It is like um, selling your soul. <laughs> so they get their fire magic and, in exchange, worship the Titans. They go back to the Char homelands and tell the other legions, you're ours now. Damn. The other legions say, oh, hell no. Nope. No way. No way, Jose. No way, Jose. Uh-uh. Not my house. And in one notable instance, a female char with an amazing name, Bethea Havocbringer. Mm-hmm. Miss Havocbringer is too outspoken. She says, what in the goddamn no way? I'm not following the Titans. And they captured her and burn her as a sacrifice to their brand new shiny gods. Oh, wow. Yep. Zero to a hundred real quick. Zero to a hundred real quick. But if you have fire magic and weird fire... Gods? Beast, titans? Demons? Demons? Demons. Demons. Weird demons. Uh, you gotta... You gotta wrap your demons? <laughs> don't, that's yeah. very bad advice. Don't wrap your demons, guys. Don't, don't wrap your demons. Or if you do, do so lightly. And this this period, uh, or this instance alone, begins a period of oppression for females in Char society. Oh, no. I know. The Flame Legion takes this one outspoken female and makes an example out of her, and it's pretty shitty. Guild Wars and ArenaNet like, have strong female figures in the game. Mm -hmm. And the Flame Legion is actually, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but... This is not the end of the women fucking with the Flame Legion. <laughs> okay, okay. 
it does take quite a bit of time, but they'll have theirs. They'll get their words in. More than that, they'll fall a whole society. Fell a whole society. All right. So, with their new powers, the Flame Legion force the other High Legions into subjugation and once again unite the Char under a less cool named person oh, who no. doesn't really have a name. They don't talk about him, but he's no Connor. Definitely we know not that. a Connor. Connor, the boy. We need you now. We more need than you, ever. Connor. The Flame Legion hit up their sugar daddies, and they're gifted an artifact called the Cauldron of Cataclysm. And it's just a really, really special magic bowl that the Titans had laying around. Magic bowl? Yep, just a big magic bowl. And I have a quote about this super death bowl. It's from the Ecology of the Char, which is a piece written by Reese Sosby a former lore and continuity designer in the narrative team of ArenaNet. It is said that the cauldron's magic was older than the char, older even than recorded history, and forged by ancient entities, fallen to sleep and quiescence. Wow. So what are those entities? I don't know, but they're, they're, they're a thing. And why were they making bowls like this? Like, I understand, like, you're an ancient, uh, let's see. Maybe they were just selling them, you know? You're older than recorded history. It's a long time ago. Like, maybe they're just doing pottery. They have an Etsy shop. But they have an Etsy shop. They need to make money for the rent. Who knows? But Cosmic like, rent. <laughs> if you get good enough at pottery, you're, what you, you can make magic. Make the magic happen. Yeah, yeah. So go out to your local community college. Start start taking a pottery <laughs> class, <laughs> and you can be like those ancient entities and make her bowls. So, with the legions under their control, their super death bowl in hand, the Char again united. They attack Ascalon, and this is where the events of Guild Wars prophecies begins. Some cool cat named Bonfaz burnt fur. <laughs> nice. So I wonder if, do you think that was his name before the Flame Legion took over, or did he change it afterward? I'm... Did he try to pull a Connor? <laughs> Bonfaz. Bonfaz is a bitch. Bonfaz. Poser. <laughs> okay. Enough being mean to Bonfaz. Burnt fur. Just kidding. He's kind of a scumbag. He leads an attack on the Northern Wall, basically leveling it and raising all of the luscious fertile fields of Ascalon. Mm. This event is known as the Searing. After the humans, after this, the humans are pretty much screwed over in a couple of years. And eventually the Char work their way in and besiege Ascalon. The Searing, man. They're like five-ish human settlements in um, Ascalon and they slowly begin to fall until all that is left is the main stronghold. Searing was bad. The searing sucked. I remember always getting sad it when really, it changed. Yeah, it really um sets the tone for that first campaign of Guild Wars 1. Mm -hmm. If you guys, if any of you listening have played it before, you know, or at least for me personally, what, like seeing Ascalon before the searing was very, very beautiful. Like The graphics weren't the greatest, obviously, back then, but it was a pretty game. It was a pretty area and then the searing happened and then just everything 
brown, deserty, burnt. Mm-hmm. Just a desolate wasteland. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for the Char, once again, at least for the Flame Legion, a renegade Char by the name of Pyre Fearshot teams up with the humans to push back the Flame Legion and free the Char from their titanic tyranny. But I think after the fall of the Lich in Guild Wars 1, spoilers, <laughs> I think the Char are scrambling for new gods, and that's when they find the Destroyers. Okay. So they're kind of worshipping Destroyers and Titans, and it gets a little bit messy in there. So first Titans and Destroyers? Correct. Okay. Which would mean that the Flame Legion are potentially, like, Primordius's brood? Oh, okay. They're like the first uh, dragon-controlled... Uh, yeah. Or minions, kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Dragon, dragon thralls. Interesting. If That's really a, cool, ain't it? If you're mm-hmm. a new player, props for sticking around this long. <laughs> <laughs> and dragons tend to take like groups of people who are looking for power and give it out, but instead rob them of their humanity in a way. Humanity and sort of will. Yeah, they just sort of create their own brood and they control them. It's almost like their own little army. So, but in Guild Wars Eye of the North, Pyre Fear shot along with some very special humans that may or may not be the player character. <laughs> um, go to a place called the Cathedral of Flame and kick their asses. And I think that pretty much brings, um, once the Flame Legion is free, there's, uh, there's a few other anecdotes. I guess Pyre Fear shot's granddaughter is the one who finally puts the last nail in the coffin for the Flame Legion, driving them back to Harangmar. Harangmar? This is in between Guild Wars 1 and 2. That's when the Legions begin to thrive again, and they sort of set up a civilization for the Char, and interwork with each other, and the Norn, and their loose alliance is built. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of get off that warring, destructive path. Okay. Being more peace-driven, or at least, like, allegiances, alliances. Cooperative, I guess. Mm -hmm. Not just, like, scrapping with everybody. And that brings us to the end of the history of the Char. Char. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter, at Lores Guild. Instagram, at Guild Lores Podcast. We'll be on there posting random Guild Wars screenshots, content, Fashion Wars Friday. If you guys want to get involved in that, I love looking at your characters. Yeah. Because that is the true end game, is it not, my man? That is, yeah. Yeah. If you don't know now, you will know. Fashion Wars is really the name of the game. It's Fashion Wars 2. Our email... (laughs) is guildlorespodcast at gmail.com. We often are playing Guild Wars, mm-hmm. and you can get in touch with us in-game. If you'd like to get in touch with Tony, you can get you can get a hold of him at cartoonlink.6180 or myself at trogdormama, T-R-O-G-D-O-R-M-A-M-A, dot 4903. We do have a guild. It is pretty much brand new mm-hmm. with high hopes uh it is we don't know our lore and 
What about the guild, Tony? What do you think? What are your thoughts on this thing here? On like where it's where we want it to go? Yeah, or? what's the goal? What are we doing with this guild? I think we're basically just trying to build a bridge for new players to a bridge or a guide basically, you know, for them to thrive in the game, enjoy it, um or keep some of the veterans or already sort of casual players like their little sparklet. At least attempt. Yeah, so my goal with the guild, my vision really is if people are getting into the game, uh, they're kind of confused. I, I bother plenty of people out in the world. <laughs> so if if uh, you just kind of want a place to really jump off at, our guild is like a good one for you. Um, we're pretty knowledgeable. We have a decent amount of experience. So if you're looking for some cool vets to play with or you are one that has a mentor's spirit, you know, yeah, join up and... It's totally a guild. You can graduate. Uh, there's only five slots, so you can you can uh, leave and just add us on friends. No hard yeah. feelings. Very very casual. Very go at your own pace. Um, in terms of like par- participation, like we help us help you basically. Yeah yeah, help us help you. That sounds manipulative. <laughs> help help me help you. Nah, I just want. Um, a place where if someone's listening to this and they feel like it might be some fun, keep them engaged with the game. They can walk through the doors. If they outgrow us, go the other way. Mm-hmm. And it's good for the community. If we can help you get ready for End of Dragons, which has recently been delayed. Nah, not surprised, but I'm also very hopeful. They've, they've promised good things. Hey, I, I'm, I, I would rather a game be later than... Uh, unfinished so those are my thoughts on something that does not matter (laughs) (laughs) but yeah get at us join the guild and who knows like we said we don't know much about the game so learn along with us learn along with us thank you for joining me tony oh yeah thank you for having me thank you for joining us listeners you guys are awesome and we will see you in tyria goodbye